find out. Like, um, I'm definitely interested in, in uh, the whole subject of veganism. I am a vegan. Um, I'm not sure who, you know, it was going to connect me with. It wasn't sure if it was going to be somebody who isn't a vegan. Um, and then that way we can have different contrasting views or if I was going to find myself somebody who is a vegan. Um, so um, I, I really don't know where to start, to be honest with you, because there's just such a, um, such a, a broad variety of things that we can uh, discuss. Um, so I don't know, maybe let's start with um, talking a little bit about our backgrounds and uh, what we have um, in terms of experience with veganism as a whole. And I think that's probably okay. a good thing for now. Well, like just uh, from the start, I'm not a vegan, but I, I am quite interested in the topic. I want to understand. I want to just have a, a reasonable debate or discussion on it. So that's why I did click on this. So, um, yeah. I'm a vegan. My name is Sibs. And I just wanted to understand, like, from a perspective of a person who is vegan, like, why? Okay. Uh, well, Sims, nice to be... Sibs? Sibs, yeah. Sibs, nice to meet you. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I come from a heavy, heavy meat-eating family. Um, they're from my father, who's from Argentina. Um, Argentina being the one of the biggest... Uh, consumers of of beef on the planet yeah. uh, um, has kind of uh, it, it really numbed the entire exist my entire existence uh, I guess as a whole eating so much meat uh, from you know from 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 being a child I mean this transition's only happened in the last three years um, so to be honest with you um, there was a lot of mixed debate for me and the main reasons why I kind of uh, did the transition of switching over to becoming a vegan. Um, but it all started with uh, keeping bees, actually. So I was keeping bees. Um, and the gentleman... Actual bees. Yeah, like honeybees. Okay, awesome. Right? So honeybees, uh, they definitely needed uh, in the bigger picture for uh, the pollination of all of our crops. Uh, and I think this whole aspect on pollination was fascinating to me, right? So the idea that uh, I'm going to be taking care of bees, I'm going to be raising bees, and, and you know, bees make our food. They, they are what make our food possible in most cases. Uh, over 80% of our produce is, um, is pollinated or touched by a, a pollinator or a honeybee, right? So that's fascinating. Um, but that's the other aspect of it was that the bees uh, in my research and studying bees was that the bees were dying. Right. Um, That that was a huge, huge uh, mind kind of like a mind fuck for me in my, in my, in in, in the big dying in general, or was it your bees that were dying? Oh, the bees are dying in general. So all the pollinators are dying in general. Um, just like we know there's a lot of, an array of problems on the planet that contribute to, uh, global warming, um, the mass, uh, die-offs of bees, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of birds declining, a lot of frogs declining, a lot Mm of bugs declining in general have a lot to do with, uh, how, um, you know, planet earth is kind of taking its course and doing what it does, um, you know, nature has no limits. Nature just, nature is nature, right? It keeps on dictating. It keeps on, um, I'm, re- I'm, reading, I'm reading this great book and it teaches you about how nature is, is chaos, right? Because it has no limits and it has no, uh, 
kind of no no borders mm-hmm. or boundaries with what it's capable of doing. Um, so unfortunately, mm-hmm. for the bees' demise, the bees are dying. Going back to the uh, the honeybee situation and how I transitioned into veganism was on the gentleman I was working for at that time because it's kind of a weird trade. Like you don't just get into beekeeping. Like I don't. I've never heard of anyone just. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah, I was gonna. Out. How do you just straight up go into beekeeping? <laughs> right. What, what, what do you do in the profession, though? Like, um, so right now, <laughs> it's great. I went. I went to school. I studied politics. I somehow ended up um, along the way bartending and and serving tables and feeding people. Like I, I was a server, mm-hmm. so I kept feeding feeding people all day long as feeding people and wig nights and pub nights. And I did this for five years while I was in university studying politics and business. Um, and okay. then having said that, um, I, I finished through, I took a break from school, um, took a break from actually, no, I was still bartending and serving, but I was uh, mainly focused on beekeeping. I got an opportunity with a, an old beekeeper who had, um, fallen older. He was just not capable of doing things on his own. He, I was reached, someone reached out to me and his family said, Hey, would you like to help a beekeeper? He's a great guy, et cetera, et cetera. We got involved. And I got into beekeeping. So um, that's kind of how it went. Um, I mean, it was there was nothing. It's 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 one of those things. You know, it's it's a it's rare to find a beekeeper. There's not that many out there, but um, yeah. definitely definitely a trade or field of in of work that just kind of shifted my my life um, completely. Wait, that, that's what changed your perspective on meat eating, right? Or in like, in a bigger in a bigger sense, uh, I already had a lot of. Uh, I had a lot of research done um, because I was, uh, I'm pretty athletic myself. I used to eat a lot of protein. I used to eat a lot of meat. I used to eat a lot of eggs. I used to eat a lot of dairy, consume a lot of animal products. Uh, But then, yes, uh, at that point, um, I had already transitioned into a vegetarian. I was already a vegetarian, but I had um, kind of doubled down on on eating eggs and, and eating uh, what I could eat because I said, you know what? I was kind of on like this, um, oh, I know it's good for me, so I, I, I'm okay to eat this, so I can double down on eating now more eggs because I need the actual protein. Um, but then uh, doing all the research in terms of the human body and, and the, the actual uh, biology that's involved and, and the uh, understanding of nourishment and, and what humans actually need to sustain themselves, uh, protein oh, actually yeah. There, there was ne- never a case uh, of protein being uh, something that uh, we are deficient of as humans. So then that whole protein thing kind of shifted my mind. Um, doing enough research shifted my mind. And then doing the beekeeping shifted my mind as well. Um, yeah. Uh, specifically, so there's the bigger picture, okay? And we need the bees desperately. Uh, we need the bees more than anything else because – um, without them, we would lose a lot of produce. Uh, we would lose yeah, life as well. We would lose life. Exactly. Um, my, my mentor, my beekeeper mentor would always say, we don't need the bees to survive because we could survive off eating rice, um, which he made a great point because rice doesn't need pollination. Uh, but the problem with it was that um, bees, honeybees are the ones – uh, the insects that are being most exploited uh, for pollination purposes um, because of all the native pollinators dying. And the main reason for that happening is that we are 
Um, just consumerism as a whole, as, as a species, we require a lot of land to, to propagate crops. And then propagating yeah. all these crops requires um, a lot of resources, right? So in Canada, that's where I am, uh, we require uh, corn and soy. Uh, these are two main crops that are grown here um, for okay. corn-fed beef, corn-fed beef, um, corn-fed um, agricultural animals, pigs, chickens, turkeys. Um, they all have the same diet, basically. Uh, it's all consisting of grain, and it's all consisting of GMO grain, genetically modified organisms uh, that are usually produced by Bayer Monsanto. Uh, these are products that uh, should not be consumed by humans, let alone uh, the pigs and animals that we're eating um, as a species. So I think the so question is... We're going to end up eating them. Like if you were going to be eating a pig that ate a GMO plant then you're going to be eating that gmo plant right like as a result because there's an accumulation of it inside the plants right if i'm not mistaken well you're absolutely right like compounding works with uh just about anything that we and put into our bodies um as it would with uh any other species um mm. so if if an animal is eating um you know toxic pesticide laden foods well, it's compounding it into its system. And then now you've eaten a compounded toxic chemical steak, per se, um, simply due to the genetics of the animal compounding all of those chemicals within its DNA, right? So DNA works in a very, very uh, interesting manner, but animals, um, just like humans, are also sentient beings that they have this... Uh, capacity the, the the bodies of these animals have the capacity to store chemicals as humans would i mean um putting it yeah. in perspective a little bit like if you smoked for 40 years of your life um you probably wouldn't taste very good to a cannibal um <laughs> let alone if you had been if you, if you had been vegan your whole life and you hadn't touched a single you know or you like had no chemicals or least amount of exposure to chemicals, you probably taste a lot better to a cannibal. Um, so, yeah, just, so just that perspective alone. But uh, I think now just to touch back on how the bees kind of made me switch over was how the world is very, very now tied to corn um, as the main, one of the main, um, you know, staples uh, of, Staples of Absolutely. Staple what's a staple of agriculture. Um, yeah. we feed all our, our animals this you know, corn, right? So we all know what happens when we eat corn and unfortunately it's it's not digestible. It's not something that is it, it's it's a carbohydrate that it really it does nothing for the animals. Um, and it requires a lot of water to grow, it requires a lot of chemical pesticides to keep the corn uh, the corn rootworm, there's a, there's a rootworm that attacks corn. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of pesticides that are involved in growing it. And then what ends up happening is the pesticides that are used in the corn fields. Um, and there's, this is what, what the debate is, it, is that um, it, it's, it, there's no study that has found any links, direct links, to say that neonicotinoids are the contributing pesticide that are systemically destroying bees it's just it, it, it's the type of pesticide that attacks the larva at its 
<clears throat> it attacks the bee at a larva state. So at a larval state, this bee can now easily um, ingest or the, the sister bees, the worker bees will fly out and get the pollen and then bring it yeah. back to the hive, bring it back to the hive and kill all of their baby sisters, right? Because if the pesticide is going to kill the boar rootworm, the worm that's attacking the cornfields, right? When those mm. corn, when those cornfields are now in pollinating season and they, they actually have corn has pollen. It's not very good pollen. Like it's not, bees will just take whatever yeah, pollen so they're not. It's wind pollinated. Yeah. Yeah. So you, corn is, is a wind pollinated crop, but um, it eventually becomes a source of, 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 uh, pollen for bees because they're not this they don't yeah. discriminate they will just they will just take it, it just catches on yeah like a bee is just oh wow there's a big field of pollen it's time to go get some pollen and to the bee's demise it takes the toxic pollen brings it back to the hive and kills all of its baby sisters by feeding it the the toxic uh, pollen that's filled with genetically modified dna strands that have been washed with toxic chemicals that attack that specific larva in the rootworm of the corn. So it's complicated, uh, scientific, and very hard to explain this to people, but the reality is, is that that's killing the bees. So our high consumption of corn and soy and the high demand on grocery products, because more than 90% of our grocery products all have a type of corn derivative in them, um, by growing so many acres and hectares of corn, we're doing a disservice to the pollinators that we so desperately need. And corn doesn't need bees, like we discussed earlier. Like, to be honest, we have an increasing number of people on this planet, right? Um, what would you do? What would the solution be then in that well, situation? Seb, that's a hard question to answer. I don't exactly know how to keep on uh, con continuing this conversation. It's is a 15-minute maximum for recording time um i would need a few minutes to kind of uh discuss a, a solution for the future of pollinators because there's a heavy link to veganism um to ag agriculture as a whole um and animal yeah. animal agriculture as a whole is its own separate monster um separate of that of the footprint of of produce agriculture uh, so definitely different agriculture, forms of agriculture, uh, but definitely there's a mixture of a lot of variables that are involved that involve a lot of organic farming going back, uh, you know, 150 years and taking a step back from all the pesticides and all, mm -hmm. the, all of the, the big corporations have to take a